I thought the police always said freeze. Well, I am the police. And I say don't move, Snow White. You move, you're dead. And I say I'm dead. And I move. <laughs> Podcast with me, Paul, and me also, Paul, <laughs> and me, Paul. That was weird. <laughs> uh, this uh, that's just fine. This week, uh, we look into Mike's shocking relationship past. Uh, we debate the perfect way to have a little egg, and the tables are turned in a most shocking way. <laughs> so I'm doing that. The Sting will do that for me, like now. <laughs> so boys what have you been up to you know that you know that song uh that the muppets covered when they're like um then in the days go by yeah well same as it ever was really this is why does it have to be the ones the muppet covers why can't it just be the original because, That's a good point. Uh, because uh, the Muppets version was better. <laughs> because instead of uh, some weirdo going, same as it ever was, you had Comet going, same as it ever was. As in David Byrne talking heads. Yes. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's there. <laughs> he's got it. If, if you want to go with the Muppets version. I've done sure fuck much. all, lads, is what I'm saying. <laughs> and I don't think any of us are going to have anything to say. <laughs> Kit my house, at, like, from top to bottom of smart bulbs. So I now have full control from one room of my entire lighting system. Can you get voice control? I've got it. Can you say computer red alert and make all the lights go red? Give me five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm so in. <laughs> Give me five minutes minutes and i could do that computer red alert well alexa responds to computer so yes you can yeah, do she that does, yeah. and then you can set up custom uh, voice commands so amazing. i could literally have her do that for me amazing have you yeah, got alexa yeah. in your room right now yes um if you say alexa red alert it does the star trek thing i tried that alexa red alert <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome you can also do a, uh, I'm not suggesting we do it now, lads, but you can also do a choose your own adventure version of Skyrim on yeah. Alexa. I have seen that, yeah. You, you say Alexa play Skyrim and then she'll be like, okay, you are at a cave. There is a goblin. What do you do? And you've got to like go around doing stuff. And it's, it's, a, it's a fun time. I've got it set that when I say let's play a game, it turns all my lounge lights down and blue and then turns my Xbox on. So literally Excellent. I just... I, Pick up the controller and uh, away I go. Oh, that's the other thing. I've been playing Cyberpunk 2077. Oh, you're one of the few people in the world that managed to get it to run. Yeah, absolutely fine. Cool. <laughs> uh, why? There's... There are issues. Yeah, yeah, massive fucking issues. Oh, really? I don't uh, know. Yeah. Game breaking bugs, textures aren't loading, uh, people are falling through the fucking floors. Uh, I saw a video today where a guy, a guy approached someone in a wheelchair, he slapped him, the guy got up out of the wheelchair and ran away. <laughs> and he was like, I think I'm the Messiah. <laughs> so that game only came out, was it yesterday or the day before? Uh, a couple of days ago, yeah. Yeah, a couple of days ago. I was in HMV yesterday and they've yeah. got an entire wall of merch. And not yeah. just clothing merch, I'm talking figurines and fucking everything. Well it's been it's been kind of hyped for about eight years. We could go we could have an entirely separate podcast on what's wrong with the video games, you know, industry. 
And I think cyberpunk is an excellent example of all the things that are wrong with the video games industry. Um, I think it's a fantastic idea for a game, but I think it was executed piss poorly and at the cost of the mental and physical health of the people who are working on the game. Cool. But, so, Chris, what have you been up to? <laughs> you don't need to do that. <laughs> uh, I've actually had some time off work. Well, I've got this Wee. week off. So, yeah, we did tried to get as much of our Christmas shopping done today as we could. And that was you, you, you and do your Christmas shopping a week before Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> when do you do yours? I haven't done uh, mine yet. I did mine about six weeks ago. I, I haven't done mine yet. Nor me. What? Well, sort of the bigger stuff we'd get online, but um, this is uh, like... I hope, I hope you're not ordering anything you. through Raw Mail because it ain't coming by Christmas. <laughs> nah, Amazon or... Um, just... uh, even Amazon, mate. I ordered uh, Gremlins on Blu-ray from Zavi. It took 16 days to arrive. I am... Um... I was going to, uh, I've got to rectify something, lads. Um, I've, I've been told by someone who should remain nameless that I don't mention them enough on the podcast and in, in enough of a positive light. So I was buying a, a dress for my wonderful, incredible, effusive and beautiful girlfriend, Harriet. And um, it didn't allow me to get it delivered before Christmas unless I wanted to pay £46. Yeah. So uh, I just started watching Game of Thrones again. Did you? Yeah, so that's... You're the only person. <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's what I've been doing. Isn't, isn't Game of Thrones fascinating, right? Yeah, not because, really. No, no, but it was, because it was a cultural touchstone for years, and then it ended, and instead of it being one of those things where fucking people go on about it forever and ever, like Firefly, for example, right? Which it absolutely justified. I'm not getting into that argument. No it just went, it just went, and Game of Thrones is finished, and then everyone went... And that was it. Like well, there was no more discourse. There was no one going. Oh, dude, there, spin off for this. There was. There was. Uh, so after it ended, there was three months of people complaining about how it ended. It was a and, shit ending. And asking George R. R. Martin to. Uh, yeah, book. I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't what we were all hoping for, was it? I don't know. I wasn't that bummed out with it. I mean, where could it have gone? They spent eight seasons hyping the the whole thing up. What mm. could they possibly have done with it that would have lived up to it, like expectation? It's true. Short of having the Enterprise fly in and beam up. Um, I mean, maybe they, should, maybe they should have done that. That would definitely have made it better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd have been all in on that. <laughs> How are you finding it? I love going with friends. Yeah, but like going back to the big... I honestly don't think a lot of people are in your position, Paul. I don't think a lot of people have gone back and like started it again. So like, I'd be interested to know how you feel doing that like you know like when you go back and rewatch anything knowing how it what happens to the characters how it ends it's really interesting to see like particularly in like the first episode where you see Jon Snow and like you you know what's going to happen to his character and what's and, and how he is in that first episode yeah and all of them really it's it's really interesting to me nice cool yeah. uh but yeah. aside, aside from that we all watched a film uh yeah we did we watched and let me just the get crown. my notes up here Yes, we did. We watched The Crown on Netflix. <laughs> I hope you got through all the episodes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Margaret Thatcher for war. Apparently, oh, apparently yeah. she's uh, whoever's playing Margaret Thatcher is really sexy, according to according to the <laughs> internet. Uh, it's Gillian Anderson. Is it? Well, yeah, Gillian Anderson. Is, off, is it really? Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck has she done that? Gillian, no, you've let me down. Oh, that's so, really upsetting. So we watched uh, 1994 The Crow, directed by Alex Proyas, written by James O'Barr and starring Brandon Lee. Budget was 23 million and it made 51 million Ooh. worldwide. Nice. 
I, I have I have a history with this film. So do I. You start. You start. This is amazing. Like I used to watch this loads. It's a bit like Scream, but not quite as much. Uh, it was a big bonding film for me and a friend of mine, Dan. Not me. Not this Dan. I didn't know you when this came out. And uh, yeah, I remember. I remember waiting ages to see it because like I didn't go to the cinema much in 1994. Yeah, I waited ages for it to come out. And I remember the day I went down the video shop when it was released to try and rent it, and all the copies were out. Wow. And I instead rented the Sandlot Kids. <laughs> Have you read the comic? Yeah, I've got it. I've read it several oh, times. Yeah. Nice. But not before the film. Obviously, I saw the film first. Yeah. Okay. Fair. Yeah, this is quite a historical film for me. It brings back a lot of memories from uh, my gig buddy, Nick, who I've uh, remained in contact with. And I first saw this when he was at uni down in Bath, at his student digs, sitting there watching The Crow on repeat and the Mary Whitehouse experience. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then, so, yeah, I lost count of how many times I've seen this film, and everyone tells me I shouldn't like this film because it's almost a superhero film, or pretty much a superhero film. It's I love it. kind it's of. It's, it's like yeah. a it's like a it's gothic an anti, horror superhero, anti super anti superhero. No, that's not yeah. right. Yeah, no, that would yeah. work. Yeah. yeah, it's a bit like Deadpool, um, basically. Yeah, and one of my favourite soundtracks. I mean, yeah, I it is my favourite. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. Banging soundtrack. Except, yeah. uh, I'm going to go out on a limb, I'm just going to say it. Except the Pantera song, The Badge. I fucking hate that song. Aww. It's the only one on the soundtrack that's terrible, though. All the rest are amazing. And then to drop the actual band medicine into the film. Yeah. Well, yeah. And uh, Machines of Love and Grace, too. Sure. So do we want to go this in, in some sort of chronological order? Yeah. So, well, I, I was going to start and say that, um, obviously, it's uh, a miracle this, this film got made. Oh, it is, the, yeah. The, the set, or the, sorry, the production was absolutely riddled with issues uh, yeah. from uh, a carpenter, ended up burning himself quite severely, uh, a props guy. That, that fact confuses me. You notice it's written that a carpenter badly burnt himself on his digger or something, or his crane, while he was running into electrical cables. What's a carpenter doing in a crane? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Um, but you had a prop designer or guy absolutely lost his mind and drove through the uh, the prop department um in his yeah. car you had obviously a very significant murder that took place not murder, oh, sorry, uh, murder. that's a bit harsh yeah no no <laughs> sorry that's not fair um a, a, an accident that resulted in the death of one of the, the stars well, it's brandon um, lee i think we can say everyone knows although for years i misguided myself as to what scene it was I don't know why. I've Same. Never Me too. Same. I yeah. always thought it was a bit when he was shot off the table. But apparently I also it's thought it was that part. Yeah, but apparently it's the fun boy killing. But yeah. it's, is it the fun boy killing where yeah. he visits him in the bedroom? No. Or is it the fun boy scene where he shoots him in the flashback? Because I've the- read both. It's the fun boy scene oh, where he shoots okay. him in a flashback. Apparently, it's the scene when he's uh, carrying the, um, the groceries. groceries. But that led to fun boy like, getting some severe depression Michael as a Massey. result. He didn't act for like a year um, afterwards and still yeah. was traumatised by the, the whole thing. Um, which you can't blame him. Like, you know, you're shooting a scene and suddenly the, the guy that you're shooting with, and uh, they were friends as well, my understanding. Like, they, they met on another film or something. Michael Massey was announced as being a, an actor or playing a role. Uh, apparently, Brandon Lee was over the moon and uh, it helped solidify him in, in the role. 
fault. Um, and then, yeah, for his friend to kill him through a sheer accident, which I still don't understand. I, I've tried to read up on it. So apparently no, the, the master, master of arms is responsible for the hardware, but the set guy or the props guy had been testing the, um, the gun before the, or the night before and it had left something in the chamber. So when the blank's gone off, um, it's fired something into to Brandon Lee, which has obviously resulted in his death. Uh, yeah, I, I don't quite, because again, you would you would have thought the master of arms would have cleared the barrel, cleared everything down uh, to make sure it was ready for, for production. I, yeah. I don't know. Well, apparently there was something to do with the props guy, not the weapons guy so not the weapons expert but the prop master he dry fired the gun or something and it knocked something in the into the barrel so when they loaded the blank firers in which take like three to four times more powder than a regular projectile shot the shrapnel out and shot him as you said wouldn't you think they would check all that like i don't know like even when you're on a gun range, you you check that the the, um, the barrel's clear. You can pull the the cocking mechanism forward, and you you look down where the bullet loads, and then straight out the end. So you can see if it's clear or not. Yeah, so so I, you, I don't understand how that wasn't checked. Or well, apparently uh, cocaine was so rampant on set, <laughs> like everyone was coked up the whole fucking time, to the point where on set one day somebody sneezed, and a really annoyed Brandon Lee said, "Huh, someone just." <laughs> lost $50. <laughs> so maybe it was just pure negligence. It, could, it, it is, basically. like, um, But allegedly, you know, that incident has resulted in obviously much much more stringent rules when dealing with blanks and firearms on set. So yeah. if anything's come out of it, it's, you know, potentially saved many lives in the future. Yeah, true enough. And like, as you said, it's lucky it was made. And not only b- because of that, but because the executives that made the film wanted it to be a musical starring Michael Jackson. Yeah, I read that as well. I'm so glad they didn't. <laughs> oh, my God. That would have made a very different film. So, Mike, what's your history with this film? You alluded to a tale. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, do tell. Uh, a tale. Right, lads, strap in. So. I'm comfy. The, the year is... The year Everyone is, is asleep for a drink. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. The, the year is 2006. I am a 16-year-old boy. And I have fallen for a girl who we shall call... No, fuck it. I'll use her real name. She doesn't listen. Emma. (laughs) So I fall for Emma. Emma sings really nice, but she's really cagey about me coming over to her house. And I'm like, okay, that's weird. She comes over mine. We have a lovely time. Everything's nice. Or love's in the air. Oh, it's brilliant. Um, I get a blowjob in the park. Way. And uh, then I eventually, after three months of dating, go to her house. Her housing situation is thus. She lives at home with her dad and her brother and her sister and her mum and her mum's boyfriend, who are both heroin addicts and uh and uh basically spend the entire time of their lives either in the bedroom or beating the fuck out of one of the three kids what yeah so the pa- the parents couldn't give a fuck what went on i at 16 was literally being groomed to be a pastor at a church. I was playing drums in the in like the church worship band, and I was all for Jesus. And I and I'd never watched a horror film because I was like, no, horror is of the devil. I must never. <laughs> so I meet Emma. Emma shows me her breasts quite a lot. And as a 16-year-old boy, I'm like, well, this is great. Um, never mind the old parents of heroin thing. And we used to hang out in her bedroom and watch VHSs of horror films. 
Um, and I was very picky about the ones that I would, I would allow myself to watch. So I never watched like th- uh, Friday the 13th. I wouldn't watch Nightmare on Elm Street or anything like that. Why? Um, because I was like, no, they're, they're too dark. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Again, this, uh, this is uh, nearly, nearly 16 years ago. I, I was, uh, yeah, I was a twat. So we watched The Crow together and she was fucking obsessed with this movie and then she, basically I tried to convert because obviously when you're a young Christian boy and you're being groomed to be a pastor you're like I must save your soul because I love you and we must spend eternity together in heaven so I managed to convert her as best as I think I can she then decides lads that she has a demon she has a demon inside her and the demon only ever comes out when we're doing naughty stuff Oh, I've dated girls like that. So, the I've crow, fantasized about girls like that. Crow, the crow is on, the crow is on um, for the second time um, that, that we've watched it that week, and um, you know I've had a couple of handy J's. That's been nice. Done some fingering, top notch for a sixteen-year-old. And then she wants me to finish on her chest, so I I go to do that, and that's when the demon comes out, lads. And she starts speaking in tongues. Then she, with a power I will never understand and a strength that baffles me, threw me off her, started to strangle me, and then pushed, and she had like quite sharp nails, pushed pushed a sharp fingernail into my eye while speaking tongues. And I had oh. to literally fight her off. Whilst and I'm like, okay. And then I held her down and prayed to Jesus until she stopped speaking in tongues. Do you want to know something really interesting? Go on. What, what, what I've taken from this story is that teenage Mike was a bit of a tit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> teenage Mike was a fucking belly. <laughs> what I've taken from this is this girl seriously doesn't understand like what it takes for a guy to get off. Speaking in tongues and poking them in the eye is not going to do it. So make up your mind, love. Do you want me on your chest or do you want to, like, draw blood? I'm game for either, but just give me a clue. It was, yeah, it was, uh, it was insane. And that wasn't the first or last time that, that the, the demon came out during sexy time. Because uh, I was a fucking Sounds like she had real problems. Yeah. Uh, well, she the guy she got with after me, she had a baby with. So. Did it have horns and a uh, <laughs> tail? So, no. Um, so, yeah, she was like 17, I think, and she, she ended up with a bebe. Was it like the baby in holidays? Well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, whenever I watch The Crow... I always, I always, there's a little part of me that just remembers like, oh, 16 year old Mike, you were a fucking bell end. <laughs> by the way, th- this is not a horror film. By any no, stretch, no, it's not. No, no, that's not. By any stretch it's, of the imagination. Uh, it's a gothic horror film. It's a gothic fantasy film. It's not even close to horror. I, I mean, it's it's. I mean, I mean, the blurb on the graphic novel literally says gothic horror. Yeah, it's, uh, it depends on the, on whose perspective. Because if if he'd been resurrected and started killing innocent people, then this wouldn't even be a question. We'd be like, yeah, okay, cool. It's a it's a horror. He horrifically kills, but it just happens to be for revenge. But the thing, not that I expect a horror to see death and things like that, but you never see it. Like I, in my head, I've got the graphic novels as being a lot more graphic. Sure, you the, see the death. The dude, the anime bad guy, gets fucking impaled at the end yeah but you don't get impaled uh, skank gets thrown off a building yeah. you literally go down with him 
Yeah, yeah but not not just, uh, you don't see Tintin get stabbed. You just see his body. You do. And you see don't Tintin see. You don't stabbed. see. Were you watching a censored version? <laughs> I think you might have been. No, no, of course not. I watched the Amazon version. You see, you see kills. I, I think I watched the Amazon version as well. Yeah, you definitely do see kills. Yeah, but you don't see Funboy get killed. You see well, him final, afterwards with the needles. Yeah, but I mean, you see that the fact that he stabbed all his needles into his heart. Yeah, he just happens to be partially still alive for a brief time. Yeah, I, d- I don't know. I I love actually horror. that bit. That bit's made me think, right? Because you know when uh, the like the right hand man of Top Dollar. By the way, Top Dollar's never named in this film. I mean, no, you don't no. know that from uh, the comics. But he um, he says, "Oh yeah, Fun Boy was telling me this and that before he choked to death on his own blood." I thought, well, you could have rolled him over. <laughs> yeah. Or roll him on his side. Yeah. And his he could arm. have done something there. Just roll him over. At the same time, in the graphic novel, there's uh, the Scarecrow Cowboy. And oh, the graphic not... novel's really different. I was going to say, so I could understand the graphic novel sense of horror because I, I envisioned that as being a lot more darker and horror esque. Yeah. But this, I mean, to me. He's not like... even dead in the graphic novel. He's in a coma. You don't even know whether it really happened by the end. Yeah. Oh, I prefer this story. At least you get a, an explanation. Probably first. But yeah, it is. But actually, the graphic novel is kind of like a mix between this and the second one. It's definitely got elements of the second one in it. Oh, but cool. they filmed Skull, Pack, Skull Cowboy scenes. They're just cut. They're all on the special edition. Yeah. Oh, are they? Oh, that's and not in the film. They're just yeah. the extras. Yeah, um, they, they, they did right to cut it. Yes. I think. We would have ruined the flow of the film for me. Yeah. And also there's um, a, an explanation that he's been brought back to avenge his death against those that caused it. And yeah. if he goes off track effectively, powers get taken away. And there's a couple of bits where it was considered when he takes Starla and uh, gets the heroin back out of her veins, yeah. uh, that, nullif- or that nullifies his powers. And also in the church at the end, yeah. the reason he gets shot is because he goes after whatever, I can't remember his name, um, yeah that's it and he's not linked to his death uh, directly yeah but I like the explanation that they injured the crow and that's why he's able to yeah because his power resides within the crow so it makes much more sense yeah I mean and also you could take it that his job there was done so that's why the power's left because he'd he'd achieved his goals what he was sent back for that's true yeah and that that was done and dusted it was only because he wanted to save Sarah that that goes on also because cowboy skull cowboy not scarecrow I don't know where I got that from (laughs) he apparently is walking because he didn't follow the rules or something so he's still yeah Again, it just convolutes what actually is quite an elegant story. So I, agree. I, I get why they removed it. Yeah, it makes it, it. I mean, it just makes it seem a little bit silly. Like I said, it's an elegant it's story. You don't need to. Cowboy, uh, so where are we at? Well, uh, it's at the beginning, I guess. We haven't yeah. started a chrono. Oh, no, we haven't. No. Well, I'm just on the bit where Albrecht's drawing uh, the makeup on the pictures of uh, Eric Draven. <laughs> no. Oh, little incidentally, while we're talking about the makeup, you know, uh, Brandon Lee was, he was applying his own makeup the night before shooting, so he would sleep in it, so it would look naturally worn by the morning. So, uh, yeah, apparently um, the makeup artist did it and he didn't like it, so started applying it himself. Oh, what's his name? Alan, or the director said uh, he preferred... Alex That's it. He preferred his application and exactly as you said, he would then go home and sleep in it um, and then what come back a, and shoot. What a kick in the teeth to that makeup artist. <laughs> it's like, nah, you're fucking done, mate. I like the way the actors do it. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> 
They also had a mask of his face that they were originally intending his stunt doubles to use, which they were trying to use on a body double after Brandon Lee died. But all the other actors found it so creepy that they decided not to do it. They destroyed them as well, didn't they? The masks. So. Yeah, they did. Yeah. And the footage of him being killed. Oh, yeah. It went to court, didn't it? They, it got yeah. played in court so yeah. uh, the trial could be done. And then they destroyed it to make sure it would never. Because um, his mother, like Brandon Lee's mother, wanted to bring murder charges to Michael Massey and the film's producers etc I can understand the film from a neg- negligence point of view I don't get why against Michael Massey yeah because um, it's not his fault yeah not at he all. was just handed a prop and told to act so why would he do anything else no no Joe, I couldn't think of a more perfect person to play this role than fucking uh, Brandon Lee well apparently there was a few wasn't there it was like Iggy yeah. Pop yeah no Iggy Pop was the inspiration for Funboy. oh was it wasn't it like Tom Cruise or something I, I can't remember could have been I know James O'Barr wanted Johnny Depp to play that's uh, Brandon Lee but River Phoenix and Christian Slater both turned down the role that's right it was those two yeah yeah. But I'm glad they did because I love this film wouldn't have been the same without Brandon Lee, I don't think. Apparently, he lost 40 pounds as well, or 40 kilos, so 40 something. Um, really? To uh, have the the right physique for the, the character. Interesting because he looks really ripped. <laughs> well, he, yeah, well, he's got no body fat, but at the same time, for somebody who uh, trains martial arts and. I don't think um, um, Brandon Lee was particularly a martial artist. I'm saying. No, I'm fairly certain if you look it up, I don't think he was a practicing martial artist. I thought all of his other films were martial arts style films. No, not really. They're just action films. There's some martial arts in rapid fire. I mean, you'd expect him to know some, but he he definitely wasn't an avid practitioner of martial arts, which always disappointed me when I was younger. Well, saying that, can you blame him? No, because he probably... You'd never live up to to his dad's reputation, so he'd forever be criticised. No, No, Bruce Lee's a fucking legend. Like, That's some big fucking shoes to fill. Some of the best lines in this film were completely improvised by Brandon Lee, by the way. What was it? It was the scene in the... Horn shot, wasn't it? When he hunts yeah. um, Gideon. Gideon. Yeah. Apparently, that's that was completely improvised. I, I don't know. Also, if you've seen the deleted scene, so he walks in, he says something. Um, it's the Edgar Allan Poe um, quote, but he says it in this really weird voice yeah. and mannerism. It got cut, and I'm so glad it did because it just mm-hmm. seems so out of character. Just the way he says it in the film is just so. Oh, it's just such a good character. But the, like the, the second bit, bit afterwards, when he's a lot more calm, like again, if you ever get the chance to see the deleted scene of him saying, I've, seen like, them, man. I've got right. the special edition Blu ray. <laughs> well, fucking lend it to me so I can make sure I'm all up to date as well. Shit. You, yeah, you're more than welcome. It's got, <laughs> it's got loads of shit on it. I had to do some good, uh, YouTube hunting of deleted scenes and stuff because I, I watched the Amazon version and I've got a DVD copy somewhere, but it won't have the special features on it. I don't not think the re- it's not the regular one. I think it's just old regular Joe the Crow. Yeah, but I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna want to buy it, you just buy the fucking Blu-ray version. Oh wait, so the other the other really cool ad libbed line that wasn't in the script was when uh, Eric Draven's in Officer Albrecht's apartment and he says, no, "Believe me, nothing's trivial." That wasn't in the script, and that's a fucking great line. That is, it is, yeah. It's got so much impact in relation to the film. Mm. But like some of the best things in this film were born out of necessity due to him getting killed. Like um, Sarah's voiceovers, which I've always found really cool. I love the voiceovers on this film. Like They're sort of haunting. They're a little bit sad. Like, and with, you've got the aerial view of the city and with the crow, which is actually a raven, comes flying down and sits on the cross. It's also like really well done and all out of necessity because a lot of his lines and whatnot dialogue obviously couldn't be done. <laughs> <laughs>
opening scene is the crime scene in uh, in the flat, the aftermath of T-Bird and, and co attacking Shelley and Eric. It took me years to figure out the reason behind that. I'm not sure I really paid much attention to it, like for the first several years of watching this film. And then one day I'm watching it and I'm like, oh, okay, they were trying to get them to evacuate the building and they're the only ones left. So they thought they'd turn on the pressure. <laughs> so um, Eric's dead, Shelley's in a critical condition and she's been wheeled away in the ambulance and that's when we meet Sarah. And that's when uh, the crow appears for the first time. So yeah, Eric's, oh, he's fast forwarded, doesn't it? Because Eric's now crawling out of the ground. That's a great scene, though, is Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the coolest resurrection scenes I've ever seen. Yeah, it's fucking good. I love like, how he's scream and everything is sort of really primal. Well, yeah. it pecks at the gravestone as well. It actually, does, it dislodges some of the gravestone with its beat. Like, proper pecks. Away. Oh, yeah, yeah. It gives it a proper pecking. <laughs> <laughs> there was a, an extended scene of the um, him resurrecting as well, again. But I think they, they made the right call in reducing it down because the extended scene is just a lot more long-winded. And I think it involves Skull, Cowboy, Scarecrow guy yeah, as well. Yeah, best fuck all that off, really. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Does anyone else feel like when he puts those old combat boots on with bare feet in the wet, it makes you feel really uncomfortable? Yeah. Yes, but, without yeah. a question of a doubt. Yeah, yeah. like you wouldn't run in them either. That is a scene that shaped my youth. Like Inner Gotham was already coming out. And yes. That's how I wore boots for nigh on a decade. Undone yeah. Doc Martins <laughs> ripped open pretty much. Yep. Yeah, no laces. I, I, I bought a pair of Doc Martens the other day. Yeah, they never, they, they never get old, do they? They're just, the, they're just the best. So now we've got Sarah, the skateboard kid, getting her hot dog, making her farts comment. This is the first we really see of T-Bird and crew. Yeah, um, with, the, yeah. with the most awkward placement for a door handle in the history of cars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just basically wandering through. It looks like an arcade, just smashing everything up. Yeah, burning. Did it? Does anyone that, like... I don't know if I'm being dense, but like, what is the point of Devil's Night? Incidentally, me and Duffy got married on Devil's Night because of this film. Um, I'll, uh, yeah. I'll just Jamie that for you. Oh, you Jamie, yeah. So why were they so, burning everything? What was the point? Devil's Night is, uh, was, um, oh, fuck, what's his name again? The long haired guy? Top Dollar. Top Dollar, yeah. Um, that was him um, oh. asserting his authority uh, against the city as being like the, you know, the criminal mastermind. Because he go uh, later on in the film, he says about how uh, everybody started copying him and yeah, yeah, yeah. things Devil's like that. Devil's Night and greeting cards. Exactly. So this, and- is, this is interesting. Um, so Devil's Night is a name associated with October the 30th, the night before Halloween. It's related to the mischief night practiced in parts of the United States, such as Philadelphia, but it's chiefly associated with serious vandalism and arson seen in Detroit, Michigan from the late 1960s to the 1990s. Oh, interesting. Yeah, why though? I don't... Because there's a point, you know, where he's, where he's got the meeting with all like the gang leaders all in along the long table. Yeah. yeah. And he's telling them about they've got to go out and burn shit and stuff. And I thought, well, I don't like, why would a crime boss be wanting them to go out and burn the city? Like, surely that's not good for anyone's business, not even the criminal business. Because it's his way of saying that he, he owns the city. The police don't, like, the citizens don't. Um, it's his city to destroy. Well, it's kind of it's indicative of the time, isn't it? It's Gen X. It's fuck, you know, fuck the establishment. Fuck, fuck what's going on. I'll just burn yeah. it to the ground. Um, sort of wanton, need, needless destruction. According to, again, Wikipedia, I love this. Uh, traditionally, youths engaged in a night of mischievous or petty criminal behaviour, usually consisting of minor pranks or acts of mild vandalism, such as 
egging, soaping or waxing windows of doors, and then my favourite, leaving rotten vegetables or flaming bags of canine feces (laughs) on front doorsteps. Yeah. What? That's a trick-or-treat trick, isn't it? So when I step on the fiery bag, it's all poo everywhere. (laughs) If if some kid wants to soap my windows and clean them, you do that to my car as well. (laughs) Imagine you step outside and you're like, hang on a second, someone's cleaned my house. Oh, no. This is mischievous window washing. Well, we've just reached a point where we, we realise that um, touching things associated with the event can trigger memories about the event. So I love just, that. He's picked up the cat and now he's getting uh, all the flashbacks. So, again, another sort of sideline fact is um, the, the, the the director wanted to do this in monochrome, black and white, but the, the yes. studio turned and said no, um, it wouldn't sell. So he, what he's done is uh, filmed it in like as mute colours as he could possibly get away with uh, to mimic black, black and white, apart from the flashbacks, yeah. because he wanted those to be really strong, vivid imagery. Um, yeah. And I, I think that works so well. I agree. Yeah, I don't think it would have been as good in black and white. I agree, but I like yeah. the muted colors. I, I think the the gothic coloring that's been used uh, really works. Yeah, and it mad. really makes the city feel unsafe. I would, yeah, love to see this done, given like the Sin City treatment, but digitally remastered. Like I so said, black and white with the with the random spots of oh, color. Oh, okay. Nah. Um, I also, if you're listening out there, Hollywood would like you to do a Ninja Turtles film that way, but um, you know, whatever. <laughs> Um, no. What how are you talking to, about? How are you supposed to tell the turtles' mask colour if they're all black said, and white? I know. Listen, I said. I said. I know what you like said. I'm imagining the pizza being in colour with the splashes of colour. So the splashes of colour would literally be their bandanas. Mm-hmm. Be cool as fuck. <laughs> mm, don't know. So they, they've been tra- trying to remake the crow for years. And a uh, latest person tagged for the role is Jason Momoa. Yeah, well, he's already left the project, so... Oh, is he? Yeah. <laughs> See, like the original production, this is cursed also, because they've been trying to get it off the ground for years, like with one person attached and another person attached, and they always drop out. That Jason Momoa's left the project, so again, it's gone back onto the um, the back burner. Just leave it alone. Like, yeah. Come up with something original, Hollywood. Stop fucking trying to reboot and remake everything. So they had, you know, they thought because they've made so many terrible crow films that they thought maybe if we reboot the first one, it all might be better. <laughs> or just add, make the, the reboot really bad, so all the crow films are then terrible apart from the first one. That, well, that is the case. <laughs> uh, we just had, I've just had the T Bird and Crow Co eating bullets scene or drinking. Mm. I, I've got that What's on now. We must be the same point. man. What's the fucking what? What? I mean, that's coming out the other end, and that's yeah. not going to be a fun time. You better hope it comes out the other end. You're like, I, I thought exactly the same thing. I'm like, I'm just glad it's bullet shaped because that's probably the, the the most convenient shape to pass if you've got to do it. <laughs> you know all about that, wouldn't you, Dan? No, I just know about things going in. Popping I'm a, not really popping a little bullet up there. Yeah, not bothered about coming out again. <laughs> all right, and now we've got Tintin in uh, Gideon's shop trying to pawn all his all the crap he's nicked. Brilliant <laughs> <laughs> motherfucker speech, isn't it? <laughs> Do you know, I'm, I'm conflicted with Tintin because um, he's also in Hackers. He's such a strong film for me uh, to see him playing the bad guy because he starts off bad in Hackers, like as a, a joke, and then actually turns out to be uh, one of the good guys. And th- like, he's quite iconic in that film. And oh, I think that's his name. Icon. Um, oh, it Nikon. is. Yeah, Nikon. yeah, yeah. It is, yeah. Yeah, Nikon. God, I ain't seen um, that for ages, that. I have to revisit that film. That's a great film. Um, so, yeah, he's in that. And I just, I'm like, oh, man, I don't want you to be a dick. 
<laughs> but you are actually out of all the dicks he's the best one in my opinion fun boy <laughs> they're all what you know out of all the rapists he's my favorite rapist <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we were approaching our first kill he's about to do his little uh swanton dive off the building landing I, in the alley i really back. like that bit yeah that's a great shot isn't it yeah he's just so thrilled that he's just discovered that he's fucking immortal <laughs> I like those eye views as well. Yeah, I love the whole uh, Tintin scene. I love the dialogue back and forth. Yeah, that's what they were. I like that there's basically no normal people in this film at all. (laughs) There's no regular people, which lends it to like just an air of violence and like fear. I'm watching the bit where he's running across the rooftops, and the only reason I would like to see a re done or a remake of this is because obviously parkour parkour has come a long way since this was filmed can you imagine you know how good the rooftop run would would look nowadays yeah yeah they could actually do it for real yeah so it would look better because that is badly cg'd not even cg'd it's superimposed it's like overlaid I, I don't know what they've done, but it's, yeah, it's clearly um, not him running across rooftops. No, but I could excuse all that because later on when he's running away from him after the uh, confrontation in the boardroom, a lot of that is clearly really him running across route, like over the obstacles and stuff, which looks really cool. So I don't know why they didn't just do that for the first scene. But also that's where the Nine Inch Nails song plays. It's fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Did you know that um, the, the guy who plays Tintin actually studied under the uh, the stunt double to learn uh, proper knife fighting so he could come off um, authentic and oh, cool. um, yeah, really um, play the part well awesome. um, when he's handling cool. the knives? So yeah, He definitely to, looks like he knows what he's doing. Yeah, I like some of the stances and the, the way he's manipulating the, the blades. Yeah. Um, I like the way Eric Draven catches that knife in that scene. Yeah, I, I try slowing it down. It doesn't look like he brings it up with his hands. Like, no. Just, uh, I, I'm not quite sure... If it's, uh, I wonder if it was uh, played backwards, whether he had the knife in his hand and they, oh, and they yanked pulled it, it away. Yeah, and uh, played it backwards. Okay. But I don't know. Uh, that's clever. Yeah, it could be. Okay, now we've got to, uh, I, I keep forgetting his name, Big Boss Band Dude. Top uh, Dollar. Top, I mean, you can be uh, forgiven for forgetting his name because as I said earlier, it's not he's not named in the film at all. He's such an anime bad guy, I love him. Yeah, he really is. And he's weird sister. Yeah. He really is, yeah. She's just doing her eye removal now. I like her eyes. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I love that he's got a vault, a vault <laughs> to keep shitty dollar store weapons in. Yeah. That's yeah. Amazing. Like, there's not even that many guns. <laughs> no, they're all swords. Yeah. They're all shit swords. <laughs> and that's so fucking, it's so anime bad guy. Like he dresses up, he's got the long hair and he's like, I will fight you with a sword. <laughs> but the, at the end of uh, the end of the film is so like, I just keep going like, this is so anime. <laughs> Yeah, it really is. It's very comic book like. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's very comic book. Yeah, and the um, you talk about his hair. It's got the worst extensions in film history. <laughs> yeah, you can literally see every one of them and where yeah. they're glued in. It's fucking. It's a bad time. Yeah, he always plays bad guys. That fella. Where else he been? In? He's yeah. Clive Gisborne and Robin of Prince of Thieves. Oh, where I know him from. He's been in loads of things, but he yeah. always plays bad guys. Yeah, I can't place it. Actually, I just think it's weird that the girl that played Sarah, I don't think she's done much after that. She did Which, two other films, I yeah, think. It's such a shame because she's really good in this film, like for a child actor. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny that Brandon Lee also stopped uh, acting after this film as well. Oh, weird. That's weird. Yeah. I know, right? This is Dan. 
Dan has made a lovely website. That lovely website is afterhorror.co.uk. It has links to some amazing social networking platforms. Just, just at the bottom. Episodes of the podcast. Yep. And fun antics for everyone to enjoy. Well, I'm still trying on that bit, but okay. Yep. But poor Dan yeah. isn't getting any clicks. No. I'm not. For just one click, please. you could keep a Dan alive mm. for five whole minutes. <laughs> Head... <laughs> Go to the website. Go to the fucking website. <laughs> Dickhead. It's uh, just afterhorror.co.uk. I don't think Mike said that bit. Just go to the website. I said something. <laughs> it's fine. That's an ad. That's the first one. Done. Ah! <laughs> Eric Draven's turned up at Gideon's Pawn Shop. Ah. Uh. Such a great scene, that whole fucking scene. I love how crazy he is. He's mm. emptying the rings into his sawn off shotgun. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then takes the guitar. Yeah. <laughs> how stupid is Gideon? Oh, he's, he's a moron. Quite yeah. clearly getting his face kicked in and he still gobs off when he leaves. Is that yeah. Well, he seems to have a habit of that because he mavs off at Top Dollar later just before he gets a sword for his throat. <laughs> so again, another, uh, apparently, um, the, the scene where he bursts through the door of Gideon's shop um, is breakaway glass anyway, <laughs> but yet it still managed to cut uh, Brandon. It just shows how plagued this film was that even stunt glass managed to, to injure the, the actor. Yeah, and somebody, I don't know who this guy was. I was reading on IMDb that... Uh, some this some guy predict, predicted that because he cut himself on the safety glass that's that right. he was going to die on set of a film. <laughs> wow, that's man! How bad does he feel right now? Yeah, <laughs> but I'm not even sure who he was, or like it just says a name, and like we're supposed to know who he is. He's some kind of medium or something. I don't believe in mediums, so now Me I'm Eva. conflicted. No. Me either. Then we get an awesome scene with the. Uh, with the police guy. Yeah, Albrecht, yeah. He's like, don't move. And he's like, I thought you said freeze. Yeah. <laughs> I love the interplay between them two. Yeah. The whole way through the film is brilliant. But he, he has some respect for Albrecht, even before he knows that uh, he stayed with him, with uh, Shelley through like all the operations and whatnot. Yeah. yeah sorry. It's like even when, uh, as soon as Albrecht tells him not to move, he could have just disappeared right there and then, but he doesn't. He sort of, he humours him for yeah. the time. I think that's because Albrecht investigates, investigates, the case and did as much as he could because it's also said that you know he got because he uh, obsessed over the case he got demoted down to a beat cop from a detective or something yeah I, i'm oh, not wow. saying i'm not saying he knew that's what happened but i i think he can just tell that um he cared and he put his heart and soul into the investigation yeah oh he didn't get busted down for that case i thought he did i thought he no no, no. Was, um, when the film opens albrecht's at the at Eric Draven's murder scene and he's in uniform oh. then and the guy and comes over and that's when he slags him yeah, oh, yeah okay. they, they call him sir don't they or, yeah sorry. I mean he, is it even mentioned I think he shot a kid yeah I think he either shot a kid or he pulled yeah. his weapon on a kid no that's another film it might be another film yeah I may be getting two things confused, but that, that's Terry Crews in uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine, wasn't? No, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was because he kept he wouldn't let the driving case go, and eventually, no, 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 because as I say, when the film opens, he's that's Eric Draven's crime scene, and he's uh, he's already in uniform then. And uh, we're at the scene now uh, where okay, I still forgot his name. You just told me it. Top, top dollar, top dollar. <laughs> They're smoking an eye. 
Yeah. Oh, that's weird. With a mountain of cocaine. From the stories of the film, that might have been real. That's true. <laughs> you know when he's in uh, the pawn shop and he comes across the ring, was anyone else's first thought? Jesus Christ, Eric, Eric, Eric Draven is a cheap motherfucker. That was my no. I had that exact same thought. That is the cheapest looking ring I've ever seen in my life. I mean, seriously, he's only a musician, so give him some credit. The fact he could afford to eat and uh, buy her a ring, um, I'm surprised. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> and rent awesome. that big ass lot. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, that's, sorry, sorry about that. That's right, Mike. You appear to have a. a I mean, a cough. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I'm poor as fuck. You're absolutely right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I, I know what you pay in rent. I'm not surprised you're poor. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> We're still at the pawn shop, right? So can we discuss some of the dialogue in the pawn shop? Because it's fucking brilliant. Well, yeah, by all means. So I, I love the whole Raven quote when he walks in the door, like we were saying before, but, you know, not in a silly voice. Yeah, it's a shame he slightly misquotes it. That that makes. I think he does that intentional, to intentionally. To intentionally. Yeah, it I makes my OCD ache a little bit. Uh, I think that's intentional. A, a poem. Be accurate, please, Mister Draven. Yeah, I mean it, it can't be copyrighted, so it wasn't to get around copyright. <laughs> nice no, true. Uh, I can't remember what the quote is. Uh, there was what? a raven knock or tap tap tapping on my door. Yeah, because he says knocking, doesn't he? Something like that, yeah. yeah. It's, it's only one word out. Like no, the, rapping. Like, he says rapping. rapping. Yeah. yeah, and I think rapping he says not my chamber door. Yeah, I, I'll let it go because it was like a, a very slight uh, change, and for the rest of the um, the know, dialogue, we all, was... we all know what a massive Edgar Allan Poe fan you are as well. So, oh, mate, yeah, <laughs> must have been so painful to listen to that. <laughs> By the fact that I couldn't even re- uh, recall it, um, I think I think it's fine. Uh, you, you probably remember it from The Simpsons. Yeah, that's the only place I remember it from. Doff the Raven. <laughs> He's gone off to get his Poe books. Taking a couple of- <laughs> to quote from it. I've got to find out what this misquote is right now. I've got the internet right there, so if, if I wanted to. Yeah, but you're a Poe fan. You like it old school with the pages. <laughs> I, w- I want it under candlelight. We need to pull out your, your first edition and check it under the candles. Yeah. I, I'm literally, yeah, I want it under candlelight, mate. My candle. Um, all right, so... So we've left the pawn shop, and my mind's gone blank. What happens when he leaves the pawn shop? That's where he runs into because there's an explosion. He runs. Ah, oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the policeman again, and they have a little uh, back and forth. The, the first of many really interesting interactions, which just seem co- so casual in context to the film. I, I just like the way he just sits down, all chilled out. Like, yeah, I've just, you know, I've just blown up this pawn shop, but you can see that Albrecht's looking because the looters are taking his attention away because he's like, well, this guy, I could grab him but these guys are looting uh what do i do what do i do yeah apparently that was the guy grabbing the tv is also a cameo of the director oh really yeah oh that's interesting so if you watch it back that's the director playing a cameo cool <laughs> i love things like that yeah i thought it was cool then albrecht says something really weird like if you know when he turns around he's gone and he says oh i'm glad he didn't do that walking against the wind shit i hate that <laughs> yeah. what does that even mean i don't know what the fuck does he mean <laughs> I just assumed it was a bit like Batman, the way that every time Jim Gordon turns around, Batman's just gone. I, I assume yeah, that was, but that's exactly what did happen. That's exactly so what like, happened. I'm just confused. Why did he, what, what was his point? Because that is exactly what has just happened. <laughs> no, I don't know. Yeah, it's, a weird, it's a weird out of context line. You're right. Which happens a couple of times in this film, like later on with Top Dollar's sister, where she just randomly says, 
I like the pretty lights. <laughs> yeah, that, that's me though. <laughs> yeah. And everyone looks at her like she's fucking crazy and she just looks kind of embarrassed. It's a really weird little scene. She is crazy though. She's crazy, yeah, but it's just very odd. I like later on where she's wearing um, a hood that looks like it's been detached from a windbreaker. Oh, I'm going to have to wait until that comes up. I didn't pay attention to all her wardrobe. Yeah, I, I do. I pay attention to wardrobe quite a lot, particularly in this film, actually. Yeah, I like that. There's some real sort of subtly comedic dialogue in this film. Yeah, definitely. That sort of works so well. Like the bit where um, Eric's in Albrecht's apartment, and the first thing he says to him is, you're still wearing your hat. No, you still have your hat on. Yeah. He does, he does something with a beer bottle as well. He, like, he, well, he just opens the top, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's great. great. I'm actually on that bit now where he turns up at, um, at his flat. Yeah, he's still got his hat on. Yeah, I adore I adore that whole interaction in the apartment. Like, like, just little bits like where he says, um, you're playing on disappearing out the window. And he says, no, I thought I'd use the door. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. And the bit with the cigarette as well. Yeah. Oh, these are kill you. That's possibly the cheesiest bit of the film, isn't it? You knew it was coming towards the end because really, he obviously preempted it with this this diesel kill you a bit on the cigarettes and then at the end <laughs> one little puff oh that's it I'm giving up yeah, yeah. I gave up the smoke and I didn't do it like that <laughs> <laughs> me either I, I simply stopped smoking yeah. it was really it was really as easy as that <laughs> I still take nicotine supplements to... that's really good for you though you should what nicotine it's, it's really good for your brain really yeah you're talking um, to me I think we've talked about this before, actually, but nicotine um, has shown to um, stave off any form of Alzheimer's. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's, it. re it's really good for brain function. And nicotine actually is super good for you. It's only usually the delivery methods that's bad, i.e. smoking. I, I think the fact that I act like a 15-year-old my entire life, that when I develop Alzheimer's, nobody's going to be able to tell the difference anyway. So <laughs> You probably won't because you eat nicotine every day. Yeah, I do. Yeah, Copious so amounts. So you probably won't get Alzheimer's. He's hoping. I don't fancy it. <laughs> Me either. No. Um, I was going to say, I like the the various crow logos that get left behind after each death. Me so too. You've got, you got the big flame one. You've got the uh, the blood flame one. That's... one was amazing. With yeah. the soundtrack going on. Woo! <laughs> yeah, that was amazing. I just love, love the way he drops it, and then you can see it slowly sort of drawing the outline of the... Yeah. Uh, that um, is the friend. most chilling death in the whole film, T-Birds, yeah. where he suddenly comes to the realisation who it is and he's going to yeah. kill him, and it's like, oh, I love that bit. Yeah. Uh, what's the word? What's he shout over and over again? There ain't no coming back, man. Yeah, this that's is the really real world. There ain't no coming back, man. <laughs> there we ain't no coming back. He does see how awful goodness is. Yeah, I love that. Because he does it yeah. when he bursts into his apartment as well, don't yeah. he? Yeah. Abash the devil stood and felt how awful goodness is. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> a good line, man. Really good, yeah. It's such a well-written film. So how many people wanted to uh, learn the guitar just so they can sit on a roof cross-legged and play. You know what? <laughs> I made uh, a friend of ours, Paul Kirk, very, really good guitarist. Um, I made really him good. learn that bit and just used to make him play it all the time. <laughs> yeah. What's the nightclub called? Trash. Yeah, trash. <laughs> of course I mean, it is. There was a, just, uh, of course it was called trash. A rock nightclub in the 90s. Of course <laughs> it was called trash. <laughs> How many American nightclubs do you reckon did have like... Um, a room upstairs where everyone would congregate to, to hold meetings about burning the city down. Probably loads. Have you ever watched The Sopranos? I haven't. Oh, uh, what? <laughs> I knew you was going to do that. <laughs> no, I haven't. I've never watched it. Oh, I feel, I feel ashamed of you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's a lot of criminal elements in uh, 
Well, it, it's portrayed yeah. quite often, like uh, nightclubs going off, and, but there's always an event up on the, the floor above or whatever. Uh, you're talking about Roadhouse, aren't you? I'm talking about multiple films. Roadhouse. You specifically mean Roadhouse. I'm talking about multiple films, but yes, Roadhouse. <laughs> right. Where did, we, where did we get to the chrono before we went all club talk? Well, as you were saying about the room upstairs, that's where I am now. They're in the ah, room okay. with, uh, explaining what happened. And he's still being gobby, and this ends beautifully for him. Oh, yeah. There's never a more satisfying death than Gideon's. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Skanks. <laughs> I'm not Skank. That's Skank. Skank's dead. Skank's dead. <laughs> that's I right. Mean, if I, I was Gideon, it's not like he's some sort of uh, expert with weaponry and built like a brick house. He's a fat pawn shop owner who's got a, like a bandage wrapped hand and a burnt scalp. And a really long little finger now. And yet he's got um, the candy man behind him and like two very intimidating people in front. And yet he's still got the cheeks of bad mouth. I mean, I, I find bro. that character really interesting. Not Gideon, who you just referred to as Candyman. No, the, the, uh, the guy behind him. Yeah, I know you mean, the black guy. Yeah. Yeah, he, I find that character so intriguing in this film because he's, not, so he don't really say much. He's clearly got a lot of power. He's like top dollars right-hand man, but like he doesn't end up dying. It's Tony he? Todd, so it, it is the Candyman. That's not Tony Todd. It's Tony Todd. Is it? It's Tony fucking Todd, mate. Holy shit. I didn't even realise that. <laughs> yeah. How did I not realise that was Tony Todd? It's Tony Todd. What? <laughs> what? I've seen this film literally hundreds of times. I, I suspected it. And then when I checked on IMDb, um, he's credited. Holy fuck. There well, you go. There you go. You learn something new every day. <laughs> every day is a school day. Every day is a school day, mate. Um, so, yeah, that's why I said Candyman, because Candyman's standing behind <laughs> okay. him. I thought you'd been racist. No. <laughs> 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 I've just reached a bit. Skank's been sent in to get, was it Smokes and Road Beers? Yeah, Don't, Road Beers. <laughs> shopping run is just outrageous. It's literally just trashing the shop and walking yeah. out. Grabbing so. beef jerky and fucking... Ugh. <laughs> Oh, no one's no one's stopping him in any way. Again, there's a little insight um, on the deleted scenes that um, during this this part, um, actually, whilst he's in the shop, two kids come in um, to hold up yeah. the shop and, and rob it. And in actual fact, in the, the deleted scenes, he goes running out because um, I think the, 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 there's a kerfuffle or something in the shop. He goes running out and the kid shoots him in the shoulder and he falls in front of the car and gets hit. But he's also why you see in the later part of his film that his shoulders all bandaged up. It wasn't from technically from the car incident. That was yeah. technically from getting shot by the, the kids who, who robbed the store. Which again would have been a really weird departure from the story. It it would have been and doesn't make any set like it just it didn't flow. Like you no, didn't exactly, yeah. Because as you said before, the story is such a simple simple like elegant straight down the run revenge film. It's like yeah. there's no like baggage to it there's no side stories going on or like you know crazy shit yeah it's it's weird that like the closest thing to a b plot is what's going on with um the little girl's mum yeah and how the crow kind of gives her a second lease of life by taking the i think it's morphine yeah out it's of morphine. Her veins. yeah and then, you know, you have that lovely scene with, where the kid's like, I don't even like eggs. And then she has a little cry about it. And then she's like, oh, I like eggs. All right. Yeah. Over easy. 
Yeah. Over easy. Sunny side down. Bloody Americans. There's only one way to have fried eggs, and that's with the yolk runny. The end. Doesn't no, need to it, be sunny it side up, it sunny depends. side down, over it. Like, you don't need so many different ways of cooking eggs. No, it's I just, do. I, I you like, do. I like yeah. a burger van egg. Yeah, same. It's crushed to the like, edge of its life. Also, if you have a burger and um, an egg in a burger, you don't really want that yolk runny because it's going to end up all over your hands and yeah. everywhere else. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> that's okay, mate. <laughs> we forgive you. Yeah, you're all right. I'm in shock. How de- no. no, Dan, I'm with you. Runny egg in a bacon and egg butt butt. Oh, all day long. If oh, that yeah. yolk's not runny, I'm upset. <laughs> I like, I like, I'm a bit weird about eggs. I like runny yolk if I have it on toast. Not in a sandwich, though. Um, runny all the time. There's no, no other way to no. have it. Of course there is. You can have it loads of ways. Scrambled, yeah. boiled, no, I mean, omelette. Yeah, you can have it. Like, when I'm talking about a fried egg, it has to have a runny yolk. Yeah, same with poached. Poached eggs, runny yolk. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. Poached, poached definitely has to be runny, yeah, definitely. Shit. On, on not, not with fried, necessarily. Halloumi and oh. poached egg. Oh, I haven't had Did that Did you before. know? Sounds good. That a chef's hat has a hundred different pleats in it, and the pleats in a chef chef's hat represent all the different ways that you can cook an egg. True story. Is that right? Yeah. I heard that when in the top London restaurants, when they uh, get a new chef to come along, they get them to boil an egg. Right. That, that's it. That makes because, sense. Yeah, because apparently it's really hard to put to make the perfect boiled egg. Yeah, and they can charge the earth for it. There's a I don't know if you ever heard. <laughs> well, yeah. There's an Australian chef called Bill Granger. I don't know if you ever heard of him. Uh, he's known as the Egg Master. <laughs> oh, that's what we call Dan. Yeah. <laughs> he's got a couple of uh, restaurants in London, and it is literally that you order like scrambled egg on toast up there, and it's eighteen ninety nine. And we went up; we never went in there, but we went past it. And there were queues; people were queuing to that's go in. Crazy! That's um, one of the world's biggest cons. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll eighteen pound for fucking uh, scrambled egg. Like if he's the egg Dan, master, I'll I do will... it. I'll make you it for seventeen fifty. How about that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if he's the egg master, I want to. I'm I'll, do, sample his I'll do it for 15 quid and I'll get you uh, you can have a glass of juice 1475 and I'll throw in a coffee fuck you're on <laughs> done it's happening yeah, yeah, yeah anyway we, we just sort 9 pound 15 I'll buy you a whisper this has been the after horror egg cast <laughs> um, so we've covered eggs um, <laughs> we've done the bit where he eats eggs yeah. T-Bird's just gone up in smoke <laughs> and now old Brex is getting suspended oh, yeah, yeah that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's the bit I'm at as well. I hate that detective guy. Such a dick, isn't he's he? He's such a dick. Also, why has he got the authority to suspend anybody? That's what I thought. He's only a detective. Yeah. He's not like a, a station commander or anything. It's really weird. Uh, well, in all fairness, he's clearly had it. He's got issues because of the acne he had as a young ch- child. Has <laughs> yeah. scarred his face up ridiculously. <laughs> Terrible skin. <laughs> so it's like, bro, it's not my fault that you didn't know how to to maintain like your face when you was younger. Get over it. <laughs> Know how to maintain your face. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Picked all your acne fucking scabs. Look at you. What, what do you use your acne grease to do your hair as well? You scummy fucking slick looking motherfucker. Look at you. Oh, in and around all this, Candyman's worked out what the hell's going on because he's visited the grave, hasn't he? Yeah, he's the one yeah. that figures it out. That's the other thing. Yeah. No, she does. No, she t- she figures it out and tells. Oh, what the loopy sister. Yeah, yeah. She said the powers, powers in the bird or something. She's got some kind of weird fucking. Uh... You didn't need to finish that sentence. She's yeah, got a weird fuck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sure she fucks weird too. <laughs> For once, I wasn't talking about that. I just meant in general, her demeanour, her look, her everything is just weird fucking. <laughs> yeah, she's she likes the pretty lights. <laughs> Sarah's met 
uh, met Eric for the first time properly. Is this yeah. in the, the in the rain? Oh no! Or when she goes to the she's in the, the apartment in the apartment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So th- apparently uh, that was played by a body double. Um, that scene because obviously Brandon had gone at that point. Yeah, it's sad. Yeah, it must be quite hard as, for the actors as well to try and oh yeah continue acting like it was Brandon Lee. Yeah, uh, Chris, Chris Chris finds this really funny. <laughs> he loves it that Brandon Lee died. It's just, you cruel bastard. <laughs> It's any you in a film, but you're talking about, and I've got a Skank doing his rendition of what fucking happened to T Bird. Fucking loose. What do you so feel, like, you feel like a little worm and a big fucking hook? That is my favourite line from this film ever. Like, I, I quoted that so many times afterwards. <laughs> I just watched that- it so many times and think, isn't it like you had to rehearse that? Let's go away and learn that. <laughs> Again, this film is so dialogue. Like, the dialogue in this film is so fucking good. So many good lines. Like, um, the, again, the bit where he storms into the uh, the big board meeting and he says, I see you've made your decision. Now let's see you enforce it. Oh, what yeah. a fucking great line. That and was from... Yeah, I know. <laughs> wasn't that a presidential? Or was that something to do with a presidential speech? Or yeah, it wasn't a president. It was. But that's, uh, changed that, slightly. That was taken from somewhere. Um, yeah. Or, or an event that occurred. Or even the a simple line such as "I just want him." All his intention, like he doesn't care about the others. He's not law enforcement. He's not there to stop the crime. He just wants to kill Skank. That's it. And then you've got one of the best shootouts and fight scenes of cinematic history as far as I'm concerned. I love that bit. I love the strobes going off and I love it when he's fucking pulling people under the table. And I don't think there was a better one. Oh, it's so <laughs> good. Dancing thing at one point, doesn't Yeah, that's fucking excellent. <laughs> and he's grabbing people and spinning them around and using them as shields and fucking... Oh. Man. Yeah, it's just, it's just chock full of amazing dialogue and amazing acting and amazing scenes. I'm not going to lie, it hasn't aged particularly well. I think it has, but only probably because I watch it fairly frequently. But it's too cult, or it's too, um, it's legendary. So you can't knock it for what, you have to appreciate it for what it was. You can't try and bring it into the modern age or uh, criticise any of the special effects used because that one, that's all they had at the time. Um, And two, in part, it made it the the film that it is now. So I never thought at the time, and even for a time afterwards, I always thought the 90s was kind of a nothing decade. Like it never had any real identity. It was just like, you know, but it really did. Like now you can see it clear as day. The 90s was very the 90s. Yep. But I like that because that kind of where well, I grew up in the 90s. Like that was my era. So, when well, and yours. So it was like, uh, it's just, it'll hold a special place in my heart. It's, the, uh, it's the fight scene now, all kicking off. Oh, it's brilliant. I love the strobe lights going off. It's, it's yeah. such an air of menace. And the, the score, actually, it's doing something really weird during that fight scene. Like after the uh, main song finishes, the fight scene sort of carries on with just this noise going. Like it's hard to describe. Um, so skipping ahead and yeah. past the the fight scene. Then I suppose the next significant part is when he goes back to the cemetery and lays yep. down on the grave. Oh no, yeah. rather Sarah's there when he gets there. Yeah, and she says, oh, "I suppose you're going to tell me." I shouldn't be in a cemetery alone at night. And he says, it's the safest place in the world to be. Another nice, because he talks, his tone of voice is different when he talks to her to when he talks to anyone else in the film. It's softer. Yeah. Yeah. This, yeah. He gives, um, he gives Sarah Shelley's ring, doesn't he? On the chase. That's right. Yeah. Sarah's pathetic ring. <laughs> 
I mean, there's not even a gem in it. It's, it's got it out of a cracker. Yeah, there's nothing in it. It's just some green stone that was dug up from the beach. Is there even a stone in it? Yeah. Oh, it's hard to see. It's so small. Exactly. It's only because it zooms in for the one shot where a crazy Asian woman grabs hold of it. Is that her official name? That's her official name. <laughs> That's what she's listed on IMDb as. I'm just trying to find... So she's Bay Ling as the actress, but crazy Asian woman. Or Misa, actually, is the, her character name. <laughs> Again, she's not named in the film. They end up going to the church because he plans on confronting confronting Top Dollar, and it's at that point that uh, he gets sh- well. The, the bird gets injured, and he gets shot for the first time, and realizes that he's no longer immortal. Yeah, uh, which is, lends itself to another really interesting little interplay between him and Albrecht, where he says, "I thought you were invulnerable." He says, "I was." I'm not now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and th- yeah, exactly. So Albert comes in, sort of covers his ass whilst he gets away before getting shot. Top Dollar and the uh, crazy Asian lady uh, run up to the roof, of which there's a confrontation by Albert and her in the uh, the stairwell uh, where he gets shot. Uh, and he's randomly turns around and said, oh, I told you to stay behind me. And he says something like, I forgot, or something along those lines. Goes up the stairs and the crow attacks her face again. And then they have the, the face off on the roof, which for me feels a bit of an anticlimax. Um, it does to, to me as well, yeah. Because it kind of feels like his job's done anyway. This is just kind of pointless. I mean, yeah, like just it, it felt like a massive fight for no real reason. Uh, it's not like the bad guy is some sort of superpower or anything like that. He's had most of his henchmen and scumbags fighting his fights for him all of his life. So... Which says a lot about him, actually, that he's prepared to face him one-on-one. Well, that's true. Maybe he's got the reputation or he's the position he is because of he can fight and he's worked his way there. I don't know. Extreme violence. So, yeah, um, yeah, that the last fight scene is a little bit... I expect they had to kind of close out the film in some grand way, though, because films do tend to do that. The, the one scene that did stick with me always from this film was the fact uh, when he lands on the gargoyle, um, the gargoyle's sort of spouting blood. Yeah, that was cool. That I was enjoy really the fact that you follow him down as well. Yeah, well, that seems to happen quite a lot. The, I've noticed again, um, after rewatching it for a third time, uh, there's quite a lot of scenes where they've utilised the following of the uh, the fall. Sure. I'm sure there's some subtext. Particularly when people fall from height. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't know if there's, uh, you know, a fall from grace subtext throughout this film. Um, that Whoa, might... check you out. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Damn. <laughs> Look at Mike's eyes. He's shocked. <laughs> So you so you took on last week's lesson of watching films critically then. He's finally realised what he's here to do. Oh, hang on, I'm supposed oh, to analyse this. Now, right. Do you know what, my employer's still been doing that for like two years now, just trying to explain what I'm supposed to be doing every time I turn up. So the fact that you've done it in less time, you should be proud of yourself, lads. Excellent, good. I'll, I'll add recruiter to my... Uh, <laughs> Amazing. Excellent. Uh, yeah. So where are we at? The end. The end. Yeah, yeah. The end. Yeah. Crawling back to the grave, giving it a little little cuddle, and then having a lay down, walking along. Then ghost sex. Badang. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know what that was. Sorry. Amazing. <laughs> so uh, get it watched. Obviously. Get it watched. Definitely get it watched. If, if you haven't already seen it, I mean, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why haven't you seen it? Absolutely. Maybe, maybe you accidentally saw the crow, uh, one of the other crow films, the crone by mistake. <laughs> yeah, and we're like, oh fuck that! I'm not watching any more of those. <laughs> I think by the fact I've been able to talk so in depthly about it, it's a very clear get it watched for me. It's just iconic. Yeah, it's fucking great. Yeah, it's amazing. And, and yeah.
There are one star reviews. There are. Um, the first one of which. What the fuck is going on here? Chris is doing shit hot links. Dan's doing subtext. I'm cutting out because of the internet. What in the sweet Jesus is going on? We've entered a parallel universe. This is fucking mad. <laughs> yes, there are some one star reviews. Go and do the jingle yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Take your shitty inferior knife. Oh, you know you, you know you love to do it. <laughs> and get well, we didn't do it last time, so I get we owe it to them. So let's take a little trip, as Chris says, to the Amazon jungle. <gasps> your microphone appears to be noisy. Fuck you. <laughs> of course it does. I'm I'm being a bird of the jungle, you prick. Um, so, Go, go ahead. Go okay, ahead. Right. So there's a good one by Tawny Greek, which I think you should read, Mike. Um, okay. Because uh, it's too long for me to be bothered with, and there's it keeps breaking into caps, etc. and you love to shout. Okay, oh, yeah. here we go. Um, <clears throat> terrible, gratuitous, inane, pagan propaganda. Oh, my God, maybe it did give my girlfriend demons. <laughs> sure, but as a sensitive, at least Asperger's and post Oh, sorry, we need a different voice. <clears throat> Terrible, gratuitous, inane, pagan propaganda, sure. But as a sensitive, at least Asperger's and post-traumatised, I could never even physically watch it instead of an apparent decent storyline. It seems to default to just loud bangs for the first 20 minutes. I actually closed my eyes to avoid the violent strobing. What is it about this gen of filmmakers and their apparent audiences that you slash accept that toxic Take care. That's One a person weird found review, isn't it? And then someone commented and said, "What? What's inane and propaganda? Never seen that formation of words before." Well, Andrew, you're trying to be clever, but you've written that like a proper cunt. So yeah, you're I mean, because there's clearly commas there. So you uh, then lots of people complaining about the fucking. I spelled inane wrong. I'm just going to DVDs. They did inane. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, in your nan. There's, uh, there's Dan. Perceptive <laughs> <laughs> reader says, uh, ghastly, even among B movies, which I watch a lot, this one is really bad with cheap effects, unbelievably bad acting, and literally cringe inducing dialogues. What? This is one that really doesn't deserve to be watched, in my when? humble opinion. It's what year? What year was that review written? Uh, 2015. So I, I swear, some of these people have got to realise that they're watching films from like 1994. So the special effects aren't going to be up to 2015 standards. Like, yeah. wake up and smell the coffee, people. <laughs> Danny, you're wake saying that smell the practical effects, motherfucker. <laughs> Sorry, again, Dan. Dan just said that, and that you have to take context into uh, <laughs> an evaluation of a film, and I. My head hurts. I need to lie down. <laughs> Done. That's right. it. Log it off. I'll see you next week, lad. K Short. No, don't. You're running the chat. Uh, K Short says, I came across this film after finding out the actor, Brandon Lee, had actually died during filming. I, small, small, small I, not capitalised, am a fan of Bruce Lee and I never watched a Brandon Lee film before, so I thought I'd watch this infamous film. I was so disappointed. Disappointed. <laughs> for, one, for one, this man died to make this film? What a shame. 
If you're going to die during filming, you'd hope it would be a film that would go on to be amazing and well-known for centuries after. Hey, K-Short, it fucking is, you prick. Uh, hey, K-Short, you've got to realise that he didn't enter into the contract of the film knowing he was going to die. Yeah. <laughs> was that wasn't his intention. <laughs> okay, so uh, you've read the story. You like to... Yeah, yeah, love it, love it, love it. And uh, you're willing to die, obviously. Um, that's in it. Whoa, whoa, hold up, hold up. We need to watch <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I love Sorry. the way... I love the way she says the storyline is ridiculous. It just is. Yeah. I, for one, actually believe in the spirit world, ghosts, oh, etc. But right. this, this is, is just purely and simply stupid. Whoever wrote the storyline for this film, people don't yeah, write a storyline. That's not like a separate person. That's not, oh, can you write the storyline for this film? Yeah, yeah, general plot. Uh, and I'll write the dialogue. Crow, uh, bloke comes back. They are, that's yours. Oh, that'll be a million pounds, please. Thank you. Um, Again, if, if you're going to have like opinions uh, and write reviews, at least understand that it wasn't a writer of a storyline. This is taken from a graphic novel. Ergo, there is certain elements that are applied to this film from the graphic novel. Yeah. And the story has been well crafted long before this film was conceived. You dumbass piece of shit. Then we've got then we've got her third point, which is um, she doesn't have just, one. Just, just prepare yourself. Three. Well, I don't really have a third point. The film sucks. End of. Brilliant. You should write for Empire. Yeah. Oh, I, I'm I'm so glad that your keyboard allowed you the time to write that review on Amazon. I'm now going to write and complain to Amazon and have your account deleted. You has gone back. Report for a beer. I got I got a good one here. Go on, man. Uh, this one's from Anthony, and Anthony says, oh. "Non-low combrate, CC pensate, Ben Eagley, assassin de Brandon Lee, Bruce Lee, Sonal Prodigy film." Well, I agree with him. You know, I really like having a multilingualist yeah. on podcasting. <laughs> yeah, we cater we cater for we cater for everybody. Here. It really does add an element. You <laughs> say cater for everybody. We spend the whole podcast in English, but at one point we speak a bit of Spanish. You should stick around. Really, it's going to be two hours of stuff you don't understand, and then we will we'll say a single sentence in the language that you do understand. Well, this is a weird one. Go on, go on, go on Chris. Sorry. I was going to say, I'm not going to cater for Albert Schneider. Uh, <laughs> this guy. Uh, I, would you put, put, I would not purchase this item. Hence, I could not give it any star. And then gave it one star. What? I got a one star from Michael. And Michael comes from the Dan Usher School of Writing. <laughs> and he says, false advertising with one, two, three, four, five, <laughs> six exclamation marks. <laughs> false advertising. Picture isn't different. Then he says, "What? What? Yeah." And then that's just the title. And then his review is nothing. All caps with six exclamation points. Look, it, it, I love the way that on the uh, Amazon Prime Video section, everyone's reviewing the DVD. Yeah. <laughs> People are. Fucking anyone, dumb. anyone complains about the regions? Like this doesn't play on my player. Well, you know, have a look at the specs of the DVD. Well, that's the fucking region, yeah. yeah. That's <laughs> well, how I ended up with a load of uh, Godzilla DVDs that I haven't watched and can't play. <laughs> oh, no. Were they uh, Region 1? Yeah, th this was like 10 years ago I bought yeah. these DVDs. I was really getting into, like, Godzilla and Kaiju films, and I was like, fuck yeah. Oh, I've got all the originals, and I bought, like, a, a five-pack of the original, uh, the first five films. And, uh, yeah, I can't watch them. <laughs> uh, um, buy, buy a multi-region DVD player. They're cheap enough. I, I mean, I've definitely found a copy of the films down the back of the sofa of the internet a couple of years ago. Um, anyway, so that's that. Um, what's next? 
Re- reviews? No, not reviews. Recommendations. Begins begins with an R. Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, you're going to start, Paul, for your recommendations. Um, nope. Come back to me. Okay, uh, Dan. I am going to go just because it turned up today. So I pre-ordered it after watching it, um, and it finally got released today. Tenet. Uh, yeah. Um. So yeah, just arrived on Blu-ray. Looking forward to rewatching it. Fantastically complex story but kind of simplistic in its nature it's really hard to explain i like i walked in and got the matrix and absolutely fine but this boggled me a bit which is why i'm looking forward to re-watching it because now i've seen it once through and understand it i i, I want to try and understand it better tenet great film really well directed really well acted great special effects great story just great get it in your score. eyes great yeah, score get it in your eyes get it in your brain <laughs> Right. So anyway, has anyone else got anything to recommend? <laughs> yeah. Netflix have uh, picked up a couple of uh, very funny Australian YouTubers called Auntie Donna. And those lovely Auntie Donna boys have a series out called Auntie Donna's Big Old House of Fun. It is fucking weird. And I love it. Um, it seems to be absolutely polarizing people. People either think it's fucking stupid or they fucking love it. And I'm very much <laughs> in the fucking love it camp. It is dumb but i fucking everything about it makes me happy excellent we know which camp i'm gonna be in (laughs) (laughs) chris uh yeah well mine's been some sort of casual reading that it it may lead to a film but i'm not gonna say uh i'm not gonna recommend the film because i've not seen it but i've been reading a lot about the winchester murder house have you heard about oh i've seen the film too yeah yeah oh oh, your film was 2018 wasn't it but about it's basically sarah winchester but the backstory of her is mental yeah it's really interesting Ah, so she basically what happened she's she inherited the winchester rifle empire which was worth an inordinate amount of cash like back in the day when she is i think it's in 1920s she inherited it and it, back then it was worth like in excess of five million dollars which nowadays translates to like you know 600 million or whatever but on the back of that went to see a medium or somebody like and, and basically said that she was being haunted and followed by all the people that had been killed uh, winchester rifles and proceeded to spend the rest of her life constructing this house no yeah. plans no architects just literally constructing this house which, yeah. which was she, made up it went along so there were that go to nothing yeah wasn't she told by a spirit that if she stopped building that her family uh, like i don't know the legacy would die or she would die yeah. Or something. So if she ever stopped building, then the Winchester, like, what's the word? Dynasty would yeah. go. Legacy. Legacy, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so she's basically just left with this. There's this enormous, I mean, something you can go to, go visit it now, but yeah, it's just, it's got like a hundred and something rooms and corridors that lead to nothing. Staircases that end in a ceiling and all this. It's deliberately built to confuse the spirits. Mental, absolutely fucked up. But I'm not, I'm not going to say anything about the film because I've not seen it. But it's boring. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, really Kevin, Co- Kevin Costa was told if he built it, they would come. So <laughs> like, I, I'm getting mixed And he did, now. and they did. So <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. But then I um, love that stuff. I'd love to visit the board in the house. They've turned that into a B&B, haven't they? Yeah, they have, yeah. yeah. Where they do, uh, you can pay to do like ghost hunts there and shit. Yeah. It's weird. They're, have you seen the crime scene photographs from that? They're really interesting. What, the Lizzie Borden? Yeah. Yeah. So my recommendation is a YouTuber, weirdly. Um, yeah, it's Mr. called Mr. Ballon, Mr. B-A-L-L-E-N. Um, he just tells like, he finds like creepy photographs and tells you the backstory behind the photographs or like videos or like, um, 
weird shit like that. So it's really interesting if you're into like true crime or creepy shit. It's really great for that. Lovely. Cool. And that's that. Cool. Sweet. So until next time, uh, the real horror is um, your internet cutting out and suddenly you arriving in a parallel universe where everyone is playing your parts in a podcast. Dun, dun, dun. So the real horror is not having your yolks runny in your egg. <laughs> <laughs> the real horror is turning around to find that you've been been followed by the egg master the entire time the real horror is the look on mike's face when he sits down to edit this nearly three hour long podcast oh joy i'm so happy about that uh so until next time uh he's been paul he's been dan he's been chris and he's been mike bye love you bye bye my hand hi guys recording is on recording is on my cunt would like to speak <laughs> uh, <laughs> Dan I would like to speak is your sister hot I mean she's my sister I don't really have an opinion on how I mean she is. I, I imagine Mike without a beard yeah so fuck yeah. Yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> Imagine if you'd have gone, is this just one? I'd be like, fuck yeah. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> fucking hell. Oh yeah, mate. She's let's just uh, gorgeous. Let's just say I'm glad she's only my half sister because boom. <laughs> oh yeah. <We're> gonna... <laughs> what question to ask is your sister hot? <laughs> <laughs>